voters need to watch for their ballots arriving by mail in late July. Following the instructions, seal your ballot in the envelope provided and be sure to sign the back. Envelopes without your signature will not be accepted. Look for your free elections guide in the newspaper or at these locations statewide. There are no polling places. So be sure to mail your ballot at least five days prior to election day. Hawaii Hawaii votes votes by mail. Waloha and good morning. It is Monday, August 3rd. I'm Ryan Kalei-Suji, joined by Yanji Denise. This is Spotlight Hawaii. We want to thank the Office of Elections for sponsoring this conversation and helping us to uh, engage you, the public. Uh, of, course, we, of course, we know the election is coming up this week, uh, but we also are going to be talking today to Governor David Ige, who will be joining us in just a few moments. He's wrapping up a meeting right now, uh, but we should expect him any moment. That's right. And we have so many questions to ask him. This month, we are shifting the spotlight, so to speak. That's the idea of this show is that we start with one topic. Uh, We do it for a month. Last month was politics. So we focused on the Honolulu mayors. This month is the economy. So all of our guests on Mondays and Wednesdays here at 1030 on the platforms of the Star Advertiser will focus on the economy and who better to talk to than the governor. Um, of course, we are going to, of course, be talking about schools, about Trans-Pacific travel, about uh, testing. All of that, of course, relates to the economy, Ryan, and some pretty grim headlines uh, all throughout the weekend. Uh, that's right. We saw those triple digit numbers last week. We saw a little bit of a dip on uh, Saturday, uh, but yesterday, even those towns of 45 positive cases, uh, really not a clear indication of the statewide total for the day as there was sort of a delay in testing results being reported back to the Department of Health. Uh, so one of the questions that we want to know from the governor coming up is if the numbers uh, that will we see today will be a culmination of all of that. And so to get to that, as well as many other questions that we have, we want to bring in Governor David Eby joining us now here live. Governor, great to see you. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you again for giving me this opportunity. Yeah, you know, it's been a month or so since we last spoke to you here on this platform. Clearly, things have changed. Uh, we're seeing those increased numbers. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on the, the path that we're heading towards right now? It's uh, clear that people have uh, kind of relaxed uh, a lot. And as we're seeing numbers, we, we are seeing um, a lot more uh, private gatherings and, uh, you know, um, clusters being triggered by um, birthday parties at the beach and in parks. Uh, you know, certainly it's been a wide range of uh, private activity uh, that um, demonstrates that people have really relaxed and um, people are gathering in groups. Um, and that's what's caused the surge. We want to get to questions right away. Please leave your questions in the comments for us. Chelsea Dustin asked the question on everyone's mind. Will a statewide shutdown happen again? Uh, what's the trigger for that? And what are you considering right now? You know, we've um, we've been talking about it for the past uh, week and a half, two weeks, uh, just looking at what um, additional actions can we take to uh, reduce the number of cases. Uh, we did uh, reinstitute uh, the limit on uh, social gatherings uh, to 10. Uh, once again, uh, we, we believe that any kind of social gathering at this point, uh, especially in unstructured situations, you know, uh, potlucks at home, um, you know, we've seen uh, cases uh, within the workplace uh, during lunch and others when people are not wearing masks. Uh, so. 
we are looking at it. There's no hard trigger per se, Yanji. Again, we are looking at the healthcare system, making sure that we have capacity. Uh, we do have uh, testing and contact tracing in place. So, you know, it was expected, but we definitely have to slow the increase uh, in the cases that we're seeing. You know, we saw over the weekend people still gathering. Of course, you've been calling for people to practice this physical distancing, wearing masks. Uh, there were people gathered, of course, at, at the parks. We saw a large gathering over the weekend on the North Shore for uh, Waimea Bay, uh, where police had to step in there as well. Is that something that we could see, again, is the shutdown of these uh, beaches and parks, or is that something that the mayors, you're going to leave for the mayors to decide for each of the counties? You know, we have been working with the counties, uh, and they have instituted uh, actions on Kauai and Hawaii Island, oh, on Maui. Um, and we continue to work with city and county of Honolulu uh, to reinstitute uh, the limit on gatherings in parks and on the beaches. And, and to that end, April says, uh, what are you going to do to enforce social distancing? Nothing is being done. That's April uh, Maniho writing in uh, today. Should we, as Ryan, as Ryan pointed out there, uh, some of those gatherings, should we expect increased enforcement? Uh, we are definitely talking with the mayors uh, about enforcement. We have heard from many, uh, you know, enforcement in, in virtually all of the areas that we uh, have restrictions in place. You know, I know that I've heard uh, that they don't want us to shut down all the bars. Why can't we be focused on those that uh, refuse to, to implement uh, physical distancing and limit the numbers in their bars? Uh, same thing with restaurants. So uh, we have heard from many uh, and we are working to develop uh, better systems to enforce in all the different areas and uh, physical distancing out in parks uh, and at the beaches are clearly one of those areas that uh, we are um, thinking about what would be better ways to enforce uh, the restrictions. Uh, another question that we have coming in from uh, Kyla asked, will you be opening for visitors on September 1st? We know that uh, that has sort of been that target deadline, but uh, date, I should say, but we have seen those numbers increase. Uh, is that something that the state is still gearing towards, or is it more realistic that that date will likely be pushed back? You know, uh, Ryan, we are working to finish all of the work that we need to do um, for September 1. And you know, putting up a digital platform that allows us to in better enforce and implement the 14-day mandatory quarantine. Uh, and then obviously uh, that system would be expanded to uh, capture the pre-travel testing um, as we approach September 1. Uh, so we continue to implement all of those systems. There is uh, work, more work that needs to be done. Uh, yes, the number of cases here would have an impact, the number of cases in key markets on the mainland as well. Uh, and as we've seen in many of those jurisdictions, it's even hard to get uh, a test um, for, for those residents in those areas. So uh, we continue to expand the, the network of um, organizations and businesses that are willing to um, provide a pre-travel testing um, for COVID-19. Uh, and uh, whether they'd be able to get the results back in the 72 hours. 
you know, we know that hotels and especially the airlines as well, they need some lead time. We've talked about that before. We know that Hawaiian Airlines suffered a great deal because the uh, the August 1st deadline was pushed forward. Um, and that airline, you know, is so important to our islands, but it's just hemorrhaging money right now. And it's not the only one. When do you have to make that decision? Because it's not like they can flip a switch and just start the planes up or flip a switch and have all the hotel workers back. So when are you going to make that decision and what is going into that right now? You know, certainly I've heard uh, loud and clear from the hospitality industry that they need lead time. Um, you know, hotels have said uh, four weeks or more, uh, airlines probably more flexible. Um, mainly because many of their aircraft are just not flying right now. Um, so they would uh, want at least two weeks of notice. And so, you know, as I said, I'll be meeting with the mayors again. We'll be talking about that. Um, you know, we continue, we will continue to work uh, to put the systems in place that's necessary that would allow us to uh, implement uh, on September 1st, uh, if we can get a hold uh, and um, contain the virus here in, in our community to a much larger extent than we have been right now. You know, another positive announcement that sort of came out last week was Japan allowing uh, for Hawaii to be one of those destinations that would allow for travel uh, to and from. Uh, is that uh, continuing to move forward? Could Japan be that travel bubble before the U.S. mainland on September 1st? Yeah, I mean, people have asked me that, and clearly if... Uh, if we can get uh, the agreements in place, that would be, uh, you know, as I've told you before, Ryan, you know, there's not an explicit uh, sequence that needs to happen per se. We do believe that pre-travel testing is a way to accelerate bringing travelers from uh, around the Pacific. Uh, and, uh, you know, if we can get agreements uh, in Japan, you know, we're having the same discussions about uh, pre-travel testing 72 hours ahead, uh, being able to get the results um, prior to departure. Uh, those same elements, um, you know, in our conversations in Japan, they are working to um, develop, develop the partners to do the test, you know, making sure that they can turn it around in the 72 hours again. Uh, so all of those kinds of activities uh, continue. And if they are, are ready uh, ahead of um, the domestic U.S. and we clearly would want to move forward with that. As, as you know, the virus activity is not as um, out of control in Japan or South Korea as it might be uh, in the U.S. School was supposed to start tomorrow. Uh, obviously, that got pushed back. But what do you think is going to change? Uh, you know, will the DOE be ready by August 17th? A lot of this, of course, is out of their control. As the virus surges, they can't necessarily control that. Um, so what are we really thinking school is going to look like? And a, and a second piece to that is, you know, the state is basically one DOE, right? All the islands fall yes. under the centralized control, but could we see a, a situation where, you know, Maui County or Big Island, some of those places, they really don't have the same level of virus that we have. And those students are essentially suffering because of what's happening on an island, you know, those residents have no control over. So would there be a circumstance that you think that the DOE could make some kind of a neighbor island exemption uh, so that those kids could at least go back to school? Um, Yanji, we have always been uh, looking at uh, the restarting of school um, as a county-by-county county, uh, possibility. Um, as you said, uh, 
and in my uh, conversations with uh, Dr. Kishimoto and members of the board, I do stress the, the fact that uh, the virus activity on all of the neighbor island counties uh, continues to be uh, uh, in containment and under control. And yes, it is possible for us uh, to have uh, different uh, policies here on Oahu uh, versus the neighbor island counties. And so uh, we would be looking at it. You know, the other thing that we've um, discussed with the superintendent and the Department of Health is that, you know, school closures, once they are reopened, uh, can be um, looked at on a school by school basis or even a building by building basis within um, the context of a school. You know, it just depends if there is a positive COVID case, uh, where is the case? Is it a student or a staff? Um, how much interaction uh, the individual may have had with um, students and staff and what would be the appropriate uh, reaction uh, to that case uh, on a school campus? So, uh, you, you know, there's been lots of conversations about um, when it would be appropriate to shut down a building within a school, more than one building, you know, and then um, a classroom, starting with a classroom, and then ultimately a school without shutting down the entire system. You know, what is sort of, I guess, the criteria to decide at what point in time if the DOE will move forward and continue to move forward before that date gets pushed back again, but, you know, maybe uh, higher case counts. Uh, we know that when you look at some other states, for example, uh, New York's go governor is saying uh, that the positive, if positive test is less than 3% over a seven day rolling average, then they will allow uh, for schools to resume. They sort of set up that as, that, as their threshold. Uh, is that something that the DOE could be looking at is looking at uh, uh, data to kind of help to dictate if schools will open or not? You know, uh, certainly that kind of, uh, we are looking at uh, setting criteria. I, I know that um, that question has been asked. And uh, as we've looked at other jurisdictions and other states, you know, the percent positivity rate is clearly one of those uh, that comes up as, uh, as an indicator that we are looking at. So, uh, you know, Ryan, we're looking at all of these uh, areas and, and looking at uh, the this decision criteria uh, you know, if a school is, uh, if we do believe that there is too much virus activity in our community to reopen the schools, uh, that would be a, a Department of Health and uh, doctors Anderson and Park would be making that uh, decision. You know, we are looking at percent positivity and uh, being able to uh, publish that in the dashboard so people could monitor it. And, and uh, that is one of those that uh, many communities are looking at as a key metric for when uh, schools or other kinds of activities uh, would be allowed or not allowed. Um, Lieutenant Governor Green is quoted in today's paper. He says, if we see another week of triple digits, the only sensible thing to do is have a two to four week shutdown, only essential work occurring to keep ourselves alive. That's a pretty dire statement. Um, and so he's basically saying, this is the week that's kind of make or break, if you will. Ryan and I were reflecting back on just, you know, we've been having these conversations since March now, and it feels like we had such success in our grasp. Uh, do you hold the same outlook as the Lieutenant Governor? Do you think that this is kind of the make or break week? Well, I do think that, um, you know, 
Uh, Yanji, we, I did personally see kind of a relaxation uh, within the broader community that started around the Memorial Day weekend at first. You know, it wasn't as widespread. Uh, definitely the 4th of July weekend, there were a lot more people uh, without masks on in the parks and at the beaches. You could see a lot more social gatherings, you know, just potlucks amongst families and others. Uh, and, um, you know, when I uh, drove uh, by uh, this weekend, there at least seemed to be less than uh, in the weeks directly after 4th of July. So, um, you know, I, I think that it, it, we do need to see the number being contained. If it continues to uh, increase uh, during this whole week, then I'm certain that the mayors and I would be looking at further action um, necessary. We we all know that a complete shutdown uh, is not something that we would want to do because of the impact on our businesses. Uh, but if the numbers continue to increase, then we may have to do that. You know, we're seeing so many questions coming in. We're trying our best to uh, keep up with them because they're just flying in right now. So just to summarize, I apologize if we can't get your specific question in there. But to summarize some of the questions that are coming in, unemployment, another issue that continues to uh, be plaguing a lot of people, especially with some of the pool side on, of things. Uh, we know that there have been mistakes made, that uh, the ones that are not clean, uh, deemed as clean claims, as you sort of say. And, and so those are the people that are suffering the most. We're seeing people saying they've waiting 13 weeks, 14, 17 weeks. Uh, a lot of people just still suffering right now. And with the $600 plus up money coming to an end last week, is there anything, any update you can provide on how these people who are still waiting uh, can get more access to information or get support through some sort of help from the department? You know, we have been uh, trying to uh, validate the, the IDs of many of the claims. Uh, you know, the ones in the poor system especially are very uh, difficult. You know, we've been looking at tax records, you know, trying to reach out to the counties, trying to see how we might use uh, voter um, motor vehicle registrations and um, um, driver's licenses and other uh, identifications so that we can um, sort through the, the claims that are fraudulent uh, and the ones that are not. You know, it has been uh, very time consuming and we continue to think of um, better ways for us. I mean, we know that we want to make the uh, uh, payment for those uh, who are um, non-fraudulent uh, and the challenge has been there have been so many fraudulent claims um, filed uh, representing hundreds of millions of dollars that um, you know we're just trying to in the best way possible identify those who um, have legitimate uh, filings and claims that we would want to make payment on uh, and separating those from the fraudulent ones. And it has been um, very difficult. Um, March Bamford has a question that I think a lot of us are puzzled with every day, which is where are the outbreaks stemming from? You have a lot more access to the, the, to the individual cases and, and to the patterns that you're seeing. Um, what would you recommend? I mean, I know it's social distancing and wearing a mask, but what specific activities are you seeing that have led to the outbreaks that we're seeing? Are, are they family clusters? Are they businesses? Are they recreation activity? What insight can you give us as to where the cases are coming from and the spikes that we're seeing? 
You know, Yanji, I think it's all of the above. You know, we are seeing uh, family clusters for uh, gatherings at uh, beach parks or on the beach. We have seen um, um, gatherings in the home, uh, you know, um, um, friends getting together for church services just because, you know, they're not as, as um, um, prevalent uh, in, the, in the church settings. Uh, we've had um, a few cases of clusters uh, in the workplace where uh, co-workers are eating and meeting to have lunch uh, without masks on. You know, it's a wide range of uh, individual activities that are generating the cases. You know, and that's why if it was, um, let's say, if the half of the cases were in bars, then it would really be easy for us to just say we ought to go shut down bars. You know, the challenge is that in many of the cases, uh, the individuals don't or are not aware of specifically where they might have gotten infected. Uh, that makes it difficult. Uh, and then when you go through the contact tracing process and you ask them, okay, um, you know, what activities have you been involved with? And then they say, well, we asked, we had a picnic at the beach. You know, I have been going to work. Uh, you know, all of these kinds of individual um, things come up in the contact tracing process. And so, you know, it's a challenge, you know, again, re-emphasize with people. It's about wearing your mask all the time. You know, act as if you're infected and your mask uh, prevents you from infecting others. Uh, physical distancing uh, at, the, at work and at home. Um, you know, limiting uh, social interactions are very, very important because that's what spreads the virus. You know, we're getting a lot of questions also about the inter-island travel uh, because uh, that is something that we know that some of the mayors have requested is that we reinstate that 14-day inter-island travel uh, restriction. Is that something that we could see realistically happening? Have we seen, as we look at some of these cases that uh, these other cases that are uh, positive on neighbor islands are being traced back to Oahu. And could we see that uh, implementation happen once again? Yeah, we haven't seen a lot of cases that are tied specifically to inter-island, Ryan. Um, a lot of the neighbor island cases are people, um, residents traveling uh, to the mainland more uh, and coming back and uh, infecting others. But, you know, we continue to, to look at that. We are trying to capture the data in a way that would inform us. Uh, but uh, I, I know when I looked at the data last week, you know, there are like 13,000 inter-island trips uh, in, in a typical week now. Uh, and we have just had a handful of cases that, um, that we could trace back to actually uh, someone from Oahu traveling to the neighbor islands or vice versa, you know, it's, it, it's not a big number. And so, you know, we uh, continue to work with the mayors to try and make sure we understand the data and just make um, decisions that are appropriate. We know that you have a hard out in about two minutes, but I just wanna get, there's a bunch of questions about contact tracing. Uh, is the Department of Health equipped to do this? Do we have enough contact tracers or do we need to quickly hire more? Um, yes, we have sufficient contact tracers uh, on staff now, and yes, we need to hire more. Uh, we have been successful in training. Um, there are um, employees within the National Guard uh, in the medical unit that have been involved with uh, swabbing and testing. 
uh, who have also been trained on contact tracing. Uh, and so we are staffing up to meet the surge. Uh, that, that tends to be uh, employees within the Department of Health. They might be in other, um, other uh, areas that we will reassign into contact tracing, just like we did uh, with uh, unemployment insurance. Uh, and certainly looking at uh, the National Guard uh, as they are already activated uh, to see which employees we could apply to help with the contact tracing uh, challenge right now. But we do have sufficient numbers. I, I do want to assure people that the state of Hawaii continues to um, follow up on every positive case uh, within 24 hours and we uh, get to all close contacts uh, or the goal is to get uh, to all close contacts within 48 hours. Uh, you know, before we let you go, maybe a final question here. Looking at the number today, we're getting reports uh, of numbers over 200. Uh, is there anything that you want to say about today's count, today's number? Uh, is that a reflection of uh, sort of the missed numbers that we saw yesterday? And what would be your message with, if it is an overwhelming number like 200, what is just that overall message that you would like to send to maybe end with here today? You know, Brian and Yanji, it we can only be successful if we all take personal responsibility for reducing the transmission of COVID-19. And that impacts every single aspect of, of what we do every day. You know, we need to wear a mask whenever we're in a room with other people. Uh, we need to act as if we are infected and we don't want to infect others. Uh, you know, people need to physically distance in everything that they do. Um, if you're sick, stay home. We keep continuing to say that. If, they, if you've been exposed, uh, you need to quarantine uh, until, until you um, know whether you're infected or not. You know, we do know that um, younger people are infected now. We, we know that uh, the, the symptoms might not be as obvious uh, and that you can be infectious even if you're um, asymptomatic or pre-symptomatic. So, uh, you know, anyone who has been exposed uh, should act as if they are infected and isolate and quarantine, um, you know, until they can uh, get access to a test or until they're certain that they're not infected with the virus. You know, we can only be successful together and we all need to take personal responsibility and take actions to reduce the spread of COVID-19. Okay, uh, Governor David Ige, thank you so much for spending time with us this morning. We know you have another meeting coming up in two minutes, so we really appreciate you answering uh, the questions that came in today. Yeah, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. Thank you, aloha. Okay, so a lot to cover there. And, you know, we see all your comments. We know a lot of you have questions for the governor. We did our best to sort of condense those and get to as many topics as possible. But let's go through what he talked about. Uh, you know, sort of echoing, but not maybe as explicit as Dr. Green in the paper today, basically saying that this is the make or break week, that how Hawaii does over the next few days will really impact what happens to us in the coming weeks and months. So, um, you know, re-emphasizing that personal responsibility and saying that a full shutdown is on the table, but is that, of course, that is not something that he wants to do. Yeah, and again, uh, they are still targeting that September 1st, uh you know, timeline of reopening the state. They recognize that as the debt, the sort of the time frame that they put forth uh, and that they're continuing to move forward with that. The likelihood of that happening though, based on some of the numbers uh, will ultimately uh, be dictated by these daily count numbers, which we have seen go up uh, over the past few days now. And so, you know, 
in, in talking about maybe travel bubbles with that Japan that could start up first. But uh, right now he's saying that they're continuing to move forward. He recognizes too about the need from the hospitality industry that they need time, that the airlines need time to plan for this. So we'll see if uh, that in fact happens. And if we see yet another uh, delay in the reopening of Hawaii, which of course could more, uh, significantly impact more businesses here. Right. And then, uh, of course, he also talked about schools um, and saying that, yes, it is a possibility that the counties could go in a different direction depending on what their viral load is. And I think that that is or, you know, that that's very important for parents on all the islands to take into consideration um, and also saying that it could not just be county by county, but even school by school or classroom by classroom, that they really want to do targeted closures as opposed to blanket um, to really try to get students up and running by that new August 17th deadline. But uh, we, we've seen your comments uh, about the, the reported number today. We can't confirm that ourselves at this point, but if that is in fact true, then August 17th even seems ambitious. Yeah, and, and we pressed him on that question. Uh, Governor did not want to specifically give us an answer on that number. Uh, you know, obviously the Department of Health has a system and when they release it, and uh, you know, there are some officials who release that information before the governor or the Department of Health does. And so uh, they're sort of just waiting for that official announcement to come about with more information on exactly what that number is from. Uh, governor also, though, saying that right now he is not necessarily looking at re-implementing that inter-island quarantine, saying that uh, there has not been many tests or, excuse me, many cases that have been linked to this travel between islands. And so they will continue to monitor that. If they do see an uptick on the neighbor islands because of travel from Oahu, then obviously that is something that they will be putting back on the table. But as for now, that is something that seems to be not as much of an issue as maybe some of the other things that are uh, they're having to deal with here on a local level, especially here on the island of Oahu. Yeah, and a lot of comments coming in saying we want different advice or information other than wear a mask and socially distant. But really, um, that at the end of the day, it seems that that is the best course of action. And that's really what the governor is advocating, that act as though you are infected and, you know, go through life that way limit your exposure to others as much as possible, even when you're indoors. And he really emphasized that this is not, you know, we try to say, what's the pattern? What are you seeing here? One of the questions that came in, where are these clusters coming from? Um, and it's really across the board. And it's things that, you know, make a lot of sense that you wear your mask all day in the office, but then maybe you and a colleague sit down and have lunch together and you're not wearing your mask. Um, having family potlucks where, yes, you know everybody, but have you been bubbling together? Probably not. So all of, you know, taking all of those things into account, um, he did seem to praise folks to say that he wasn't seeing the level of activity um, in terms of, you know, recreation that he had seen in the past around July 4th. But still, it obviously is too much. Yeah, and, and I have to agree. I mean, I, I echo that statement. I mean, I, I drove around the island a little bit this weekend. It doesn't seem as many people that were out uh, gathering uh, as we saw maybe in recent weeks. But one of the other questions that we did ask was uh, about the shutdown of parks and beaches, which we know are an area where many people gather. Uh, and he said they will continue to look at that. But interestingly, it could come down to what the mayors decide. If you remember back when the shutdown happened, it was actually each of the mayors on each of the islands decided uh, if that shutdown was gonna happen. And so that could actually be coming from more of a local level if that decision is made. And so we'll have to look uh, here on the island of Oahu, of course, at what uh, Honolulu Mayor Kirk Caldwell says about these gatherings and if there is any implementation there. There have been talks that there has been uh, a request for that to happen. We'll see what the mayor says this week and continue to monitor that and keep you updated here 
on the Star Advertiser. Yeah, and we really appreciate you joining us. We know a lot of you are frustrated. We, in fact, are frustrated by what we're seeing because, you know, Ryan, we were doing this five days a week and then we actually scaled back to two days a week because the case count was so low that we found that there was less to talk about. We really wanted to target the conversation. And now it feels like we are, you know, right back to where we started, in fact, much worse. Uh, so that is very frustrating. And there's so much uh, economic uncertainty, which is why we have chosen this month, the month of August, to focus on the economy. But of course, all things go back to COVID. Uh, on Wednesday, we'll be joining you again, and we'll be talking to Paul Brubaker. He's an economist with TZ Economics. He, uh, for 25 years, was the chief economist at the Bank of Hawaii, and so he has a really great um, perspective and a lot of knowledge to share about Hawaii's economic outlook. Uh, a lot of people pay big bucks to see him speak, but we're going to bring him to you for free. So we're very excited to have him on. Um, and he can really help to tie a lot of this data together and give us, uh, you know, an honest, fresh take on, um, on where we are financially. Yeah, because we definitely know that as we sort of enter yet more uncertainty in this time of what's open and what's not open, of course, businesses will continue to suffer if, as we see more of these shutdowns happening. If we see the delay of the open of Trans-Pacific travel to Hawaii, that could also, of course, impact businesses and the hospitality industry and what that has on the overall impact of the state. So uh, we're looking forward to that conversation. Uh, again, we want to thank our sponsors at the Office of Election for allowing us this conversation. A big week. Uh, today is a big deadline. If you have not sent in your ballot, we remind you that today is technically the day that they are asking people to submit your ballots in the mail. They want, uh, it is recommended that at least five days before the election, which of course is on Saturday. And so they want to make sure that you get those ballots in the mail. Uh, however, there are options if you don't necessarily get in the mail today. That's right. You could always go to a Dropbox, but they do want to recommend five days of transit time because remember, the ballot needs to be received, not postmarked by Saturday. This is a big election. They've already seen quite a few ballots coming in. They're already starting to count those. So um, very exciting to see who is going to be leading uh, on a number of fronts. There's a bunch of interesting state house races, uh, along, of course, with the mayor of the city and county of Honolulu and the city council as well. So a lot to talk about in politics. But yeah, if you've got that ballot at home and you haven't sent it out, try to do so today before your post uh, postal worker comes uh, to pick up the mail. That's right. So uh, until we see you right back here on Wednesday, we encourage all of you to, again, continue to be safe, do what the governor says in terms of physical distancing and wearing masks. And uh, we'll continue to keep you posted as things unfold here in Hawaii as we all deal with this COVID-19. Uh, but again, we encourage you to take care and we'll see you right back here on Wednesday. Aloha. Aloha.